You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, let's begin the show. Hello, my name is Dan Wendell, and thank you for joining us on another Dolphin Financial Radio Show. Today's topic is going to be an interesting one. It's about your advisor, your financial advisor, your any type of advisor you work with. And the question is, is your advisor on your side? We've talked about this before, but to really highlight it, we're going to be talking about a recent article from the Sarasota Herald Tribune. It's titled, Local Commercial Broker Sued accused of negligence in $4 million Manatee County real estate deal. Now, in a nutshell, what happened was this man sold his property for $4 million. That's not bad. But what happened was the very next day or within 24 hours, that property was resold for $7 million. So you could see why he might be a little upset. Now, to help me talk about this situation and... Uh, join me in today's as a co-host is Chris Kuntz. There he is. Chris is an investment advisor representative at Dolphin Financial Group. He also has some experience with real estate, and he also is in the holiday spirit with his lit tree behind him. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. How you doing? Is it too soon for Christmas? I mean, I don't it think is... so. I, I, you know, everyone's got an opinion on it. I My mean, wife, I waited. Go ahead. My wife wanted it down from the attic and it's down from the attic, just not set up yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's ours. Now we go with the, we go with the live tree cause we want to, you know, have to water it and take care of it and <laughs> clean up all the needles from it. It's not, it's not Christmas without all the cleanup. So I won that battle years ago with my wife. She wanted <laughs> live trees her whole life. And finally I said, think about the, the children and the dog. So yeah, well, think about, <laughs> think about the world. You're saving, saving the planet. So uh, you, you read this article, we talked about it. Uh, what do you think? Wow. A guy I sells mean, his property. You gotta be upset if you sell it for four. I mean, you can't be upset if you sell it for 4 million unless you paid. I mean, he probably, he must've made some good money on it. This is just s- South of Tampa area. Well, so. it sounds, it sounds like there's a lot that goes into the story, but at the end of the day, that's a, that's a like a 60% increase on the on the value of the property or 75% increase on the value of the property in in yeah. one day. I mean something something fishy feels yeah. like something fishy. You got to be you got to be upset if you're the seller. Yeah. You have to yeah. be upset. Um you know just you f- you feel I think they asked him and, and the, the article, I'll put it back up here for the viewers. The articles in the Sarasota Herald Tribune on November 22nd, 2021, they ask at the end of the article, how do you feel? You know, how, and he's, and he doesn't really comment. And then he just writes, how would you feel? And I right. think we all say you could just take a couple of zeros off it to be more realistic. All right. So you sell, you, you, you sold your property for, for 400,000. And then now it sells for seven hundred thousand. You're going to be upset, right? right? The right. magnitude of this. I mean, if it was four hundred twenty-five, you know, you'd be like, "Oh, why?" You know, right? But but the well, beauty think, of it, it's less than twenty-four hours, too. Right, and and it really is. Uh, it it tells you some things about what 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 is this 
kind of the topic that you're bringing up is this, what is this fiduciary thing? Um, Cause you look into the article and it talks about how as a, uh, as a seller, he's, he mentioned a couple things to his agent. He said, Hey, I have a, a piece of property that creates an incomplete plot of land. I need to acquire this, this small piece of property to make my plot complete. It'll make it more valuable. And come to find out that, that real estate agent, for whatever reason, you know, for me, I, I suspect it's because it was a small piece of property. It wasn't as 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 um, there wasn't as much to be gained as a as a real estate agent to make the purchase and complete the transaction, and it would right. be a lot of work. Um, that he didn't pursue that. The company that bought the property from the seller also acquired that property, so they went ahead and acquired that, made it harder for him to to get a, a better deal. Um, and then furthermore, they continued to ask for extensions um, on closing the deal to give them time to do a development, uh, a- a- analyze analyze it for development. Right. right. Um, and and the seller asked again his his realtor, his agent, his representative. Um, well, shouldn't I be compensated for all these extensions that are happening um, as the market's going up, as you know, he's waiting and his money's being held from him um, on the sale of the transaction? And the agent literally said to him, don't be greedy. Right. Um, and, and, you know, to see, OK, extensions, maybe should I be compensated? The market did go up crazy, right? That, 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 right. In the Tampa Bay area, but not like this not 3 million to 7 or 4 million to 7 million in 24 hours. Oh so, no, right? Yeah. So right now what's happening is the seller is suing the real estate agent for negligence and breach of fiduciary duty. Hey, you're supposed to get my back in this deal. What's going on? How come? And what was what we're learning and what the whole gist of the article is and why we're talking about it is the question becomes is the real estate agent a fiduciary or is it just a transactional middleman and or what does obviously even mean you right know, well, like that's, right exactly don't realize what does that mean that's so. that's that's the question so the, what is a fiduciary what is a transactional broker or whatever you want to call it um bottom line is is the agent looking in to your best interest is the advisor on your side of the deal and in this case the seller saying yes i mean I hired this person exclusively to represent me on this sale. My wife and I, and there's a whole story on this. If I, I urge the listeners to go and read this article, it talks about how he's going through a rough time. He's got, right. son, I think one of his, his sons has cancer. He's, you know, feeling down. It's just not a good time. He wants to sell and he just didn't want to be bothered. He said, here, you take control of the situation, Mr. Real estate agent, L- just figure it out, make it happen. <clears throat> And so he felt that the agent was supposed to be working in his best interest. And now the agent's saying, no, I was just the middleman. I, you know, I, I, was, I was just, not a fiduciary. Right. There's a big right. difference here. I think the most telling point of if somebody is a fiduciary or not, and this isn't, this isn't how it always works out, but when you see them sitting on the opposite side of the table from you, Literally, um, as, as this gentleman witnessed his his agent sitting with the with the buyers um, at closing, when you realize that moment, it's too late, you know. And what's really what's really um, important is to understand exclusive. 
doesn't mean fiduciary. You may have an exclusive financial advisor. That does not mean that they're a fiduciary financial advisor. That simply means they're the only person you're talking to, um, which is kind of what this guy is starting to realize as far as his real estate transaction goes is this, this exclusive agent was not his fiduciary. It was just simply the only agent he was talking to when he agreed to, to allow that person to help him sell his property. That's right. So, so Mr. Agent, you're my exclusive agent. You can, I'm not going to work with any other agent, only you. But that, that still didn't mean that he had to act in his best interest legally, which is crazy to think. So the agent is denying any wrongdoing, obviously. He's denying that he established what they call the single agent relationship, which would have created a fiduciary duty right. to the seller. But he, they're saying he didn't do it. So there's this fine line between especially in the real estate world, whether or not that agent is a fiduciary or not. And the default is that they're not. They're not. Yeah. Right. And I don't think people realize that. Right. They're there to facilitate the transaction, which is when you say I've got some experience with real estate has always been my experience. And, and oftentimes when I'm purchasing real estate these days, I, I do it on my own. But I like to think of, of this fiduciary thing. Um, very importantly is, you know, is this is the person it's a very, it's a very black and white definition. Are they legally responsible to have your best interests in mind? Or is it just something that you would hope they have in, in your best interest? So as, as, a uh, as an, as an advisor, as a, in, uh, as an investment advisor with my license, my series 65, I am, legally responsible to have a client's best interests in mind. If I do not make decisions and, and, and educate myself on what your wants, needs, and expectations are, and then make my, my recommendations accordingly and resist bad decisions, make you aware of things that may be um, against what your wishes are mm-hmm. in the long term. If I don't, if I don't act as devil's advocate sometimes, then I'm not doing my legal obligations as, as a licensed representative. It's true. And people don't realize that, that this is a prime example. And this is why we're talking about it is it, you got to, I think most people just assume that if I'm hiring an agent or an advisor, even a financial advisor, that they're going to act in my best interest. But that's certainly not the case. As we saw in this article, you don't know if your advisor's on your side, you have to actually ask. And I, I'm, I'm finding that when when I bring this kind of topic up to people, they just assume, oh yeah, I, I have a I have a broke I have a a stockbroker or I have a real estate broker, um, or I have a financial advisor. They they obviously have to act in my best interest, and the and the answer is, oh that's wrong. Actually, they don't. They don't have to act in your best interest unless they legally have to. So. Why, that's why we use the term fiduciary. It's it's an obscure term, but I think it's becoming more and more prominent. People are understanding that. But I think the default people assume is that they are a fiduciary, like a doctor. A doctor is fiduciary, right? A lawyer. You assume if you're going to the doctor, they're not going to prescribe a, a medicine that they get paid on just because they want more money. They, they're prescribing it because you need it. Right. It's in your best interest. Um, in this particular case, the broker, the real estate agent, was not acting in their best interest. And legally, 
can say, hey, I wasn't. Think about that for a moment. Can you imagine fighting the case saying, oh, yeah, I wasn't acting in your best interest, and that's perfectly legal. Not my legal. responsibility. <laughs> you knew that. You signed the document saying that I'm not going to act in your best interest. People don't realize they're signing that when they hire a real estate broker or even a financial advisor. Right. Some financial advisors, in fact, many are not. Are not. Oh, I think that's what's the, the scariest thing to me is there is a difference between an, uh, an investment advisor representative, somebody that, as I said, took their series 65. That's the license that you have to, that you take to become a fiduciary responsibly managing money versus somebody who is working for a brokerage house like a Merrill Lynch, a Wells Fargo, a, uh, you know, all the big box chains. If they're a brokerage and they have their Series 7 and their Series 66, that does not create that same fiduciary responsibility. So they'll look and sound a lot like an investment advisor representative while not having that responsibility because they're more they're more labeled like a real estate agent as a transactional um, broker. Right. They're, they're, they're being paid instead of managing for a fee, they're being paid commissions. And that's right. a, and that's a big distinction. It's a huge distinction. And, they, and they're not going to call themselves a stockbroker anymore because that, no. that term is, is kind of gone by the wayside. They just call themselves financial advisors, which is totally allowed at this point. It's allowed by yeah. the, the the authorities to say, hey, I'm a financial advisor, but you could be a, a financial advisor that's a fiduciary. You could be a financial advisor that's not a fiduciary. And it's up to the client. It's up to the customer to understand the difference and ask. Now, there are, you mentioned the big brocks um, because th that's the easy ones to pick on. There, there are so many of them and there's a lot of advisors. You can be a fiduciary and work at one of those. You just yeah. have to have the licensure. You have to have gone through that sort of process, but you don't, as an end user, I think most people simply don't, they don't know. Just like this real estate transaction, this guy just didn't know. He just assumed and it was a costly error. And they, you know, there's a lawsuit going on. The question is who will win? I, I'm going to guess that the, 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 the real estate broker will win because he's, he, yeah. he's, the law leans his way, yeah. Right? The law and leans just, his way. It's the same thing in the, in the financial world. Well, uh, you know, I thought you were on my side. Well, I was just facilita facilitating the purchase of the mutual funds or the variable annuity. Uh, you know, it was suitable. It's it's kind of like I, I've heard someone say, you know, a, a, a fiduciary, if, if you bring a suit to me, if you wear a suit, business suit you say hey dan what do i look how do i look and it's canary yellow okay <laughs> nothing against yellow but let's say you have a canary yellow suit going to a, a wall street business meeting as a um as a broker or a transactional representative or you know just a financial advisor without the fiduciary liability i would say yeah it fits you you know it's tailored you know it fits you don't look bad in wearing it as a fiduciary I would say it fits you, but it's canary yellow. It's totally inappropriate. You should not wear that, right? To right. the business meeting. There's so so you can you can make the case that, hey, which I can say either thing and be right, but which one's more right? Which one is in your best interest? And 
I think I that is a great analogy. I mean, it's a superb analogy because it really it, it points out the fact that it can fit well. It can look good, but not on you. Canary yes. yellow is not your color. Right. And that's the difference between a fiduciary like in 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 our in our world. Like there are lots of great investment mechanisms out there, but not every great investment mechanism is suited to the individual using it. Um, and it's and it's our job as as advisors to sit down and take that extra step to get to know who we're working with and what they're actually trying to accomplish. Because, hey, the canary yellow suit might be the perfect suit for you if you want every eye on you at the business meeting. Right. You know, but if you're trying to just not not draw attention, get through the meeting, have a good, comfortable quiet meeting like a good comfortable quiet retirement then the really exciting yellow suit or high powered stock isn't necessarily suited to you maybe there's something else out there that can accomplish your goals without drawing the attention and the emotion that goes along with that right and and to continue on the analogy if you go and you buy this yellow suit you show up to the business meeting and you don't get the deal and people like get out of here they don't take you seriously you can't then go and sue the tailor. You can't go and sue the suit maker and say, why did you sell me this yellow suit? And, then, and that guy's like, hey, this is what I do for a living. I sell suits. I've been trying to get rid of that yellow suit for decades. You right. you bought it. Like, did I do something wrong? Suit. No. And it fit you perfectly. But but it looks, I looked silly in it. Well, that was, it's not my responsibility to tell you that. I just want to make sure it fit you. That's my responsibility. And okay. so- People, when you talk about this analogy, people say, oh, yeah, I guess I guess that's right. And and so maybe I should be asking my advisors whether or not they are actually fiduciaries, whether or not they're actually looking in my best interest, because the canary yellow is quite obvious. But some of these financial products or transactions like this real estate deal aren't quite so obvious. You know, I'm not saying that the seller has a, I mean, the seller has a case in the public eye, but I'm not saying there's a legal standing, but what if that, what if that agent knew, what if he knew that this other company that they're selling to had a deal in their back pocket for 7 million or, or maybe not exactly sure exactly how much, but they knew they were going to sell it right away. There's no way it's, it's, I find it difficult to believe that the, that the agent brokering this deal didn't know that there was, there was another right. deal right behind it. Within 24 hours, it seems fishy, well, the, right? The, there's a lot, you know, when you look at his, like one of the things that I thought was was interesting from the article is that they mentioned this real estate agent has no other complaints on his license. Right. You know, so this isn't, there's a subtlety here where like a, he's a, he's a very successful agent, um, as it's mentioned in the article, one of the top, I think, agents in that area, um, no complaints, lots of transactions. Um, but it's these, you know, sometimes it's that that high producing agent that's that's not being looked at as too closely. Um, it's subtle things, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know, when you have a, a you're making a number of decisions, nothing like this, what happened in this situation is it was something extreme suddenly happened. But you you wonder as you look back how many small things where he was working to get the deal done and it just wasn't a big a big enough 
number um, right number for it to to draw any attention um in this case he, it finally caught up to him but you know you don't necessarily can you can't necessarily rely on past track record to know if somebody is making decisions you know in your best interest or if it's just simply getting getting deals done making sales um and then moving on and just there's not enough of a difference i find you know i look at it like this is like when you um go to like a a trainer and uh you say hey trainer dietitian um i want to i want to lose 20 pounds and uh you know ultimately the responsibility is on you not them to find the person that 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 listens to you here's what you what you need but then holds you accountable um and i think that's part of being a fiduciary isn't you know dietitians aren't fiduciaries trainers aren't fiduciaries they don't have to take responsibility for how much weight you lose however if you find the right person, they almost are kind of, they take a, a responsibility for your weight loss in terms of holding you accountable. So if you go out and have those cheat meals and they notice you're not losing weight, they're going to ask you, Hey, what are you doing here? What, what aren't you, how aren't you following the program that we've lined up for you? And that again is part of like the process that I think is super important when you're working with somebody in our business is there should be a written plan in place so that when you're reviewing how you're doing in retirement or towards building towards retirement, it's, you know, we can look back and actually say, okay, here's where we were. Here's the written plan we have in place for where we want to be since our last review are we there? Are we ahead? Are we behind? What happened? Is Are we doing everything we said we're going to do? And are we holding ourselves accountable? Are you holding yourself accountable? Like these are the conversations when you're with somebody that that is a fiduciary, is taking responsibility for, for your best interest, for your outcomes. Um, those are the conversations you should be having. And there should be a way to track it. There And those are just good practices. Those are just really the way relationships should work. However, you might be in a situation where your advisor is not a fiduciary and is still doing that. So you feel, oh, they're, they're keeping me accountable and this is working. So you might get a good person that's not a fiduciary. The key here and what we're finding out because of the legal aspect of it is are they legally obligated to be acting in your best interest? Are they a legal fiduciary? So let's talk about that real quick because I want to conclude here by saying the, the point of this article is to basically say, is your advisor a fiduciary, right? That's, that's the key. So how do we know that, you know, you get a good feeling, oh, they've been working. I've been working with them for years. The first thing you want to do is ask them, are you a fiduciary? That's a yes or no answer, right? If they go, if, if, if you ask your advisor that and they say, well, you know, um, what's a, I mean, fiduciary is such a tricky word. No, that means that they're not right. It's a yes or no answer. But you bring up a really good point. This person didn't have a track record that was bad. So you can check, especially in the financial world, you could check your financial advisor's history. You can go on FINRA, F-I-N-R-A. You could check out on the SEC websites a produce a financial advisor's history. And you could see, are there any complaints against them? So, uh, so before you start working with someone, hopefully... 
you should know whether or not they're fiduciary and what their track history is, whether or not there's any complaints to get them. Now, if you're already working with someone, it's not too late. You can go and look this up and then maybe bring it up. Um, so that's what I recommend people do to figure out whether or not they're in a fiduciary relationship. So they don't run into the scenario where after the fact they're scrambling saying, oh, I didn't realize you weren't acting on the same side of the table as me. Right. Right. That's the scary part. So what do you think is going to happen with this lawsuit? It's going to draw out for another five years, probably. <laughs> right? It's going to go. It's going to go and go. Right. So I we'll mean, see. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a show down the road on the conclusion of this. The outcome. Yeah. If we remember, you know, right. like three years down the road. But bottom line. Make sure you're working with a fiduciary, even if it's a real estate broker. Apparently, you can request the fiduciary relationship, right? There's some steps you need to take, but you have to be proactively. You can't just go with the default because the default in many situations, including financial advice, is non-fiduciary relationship. So you need to inquire. Well, I think you make you know a good final point. There's interview a few people. You know, when it comes to real estate agents, when it comes to financial advisors, interview a few people. Look for the fiduciary, but look for the person that you you feel comfortable with, and that is is invested in getting to know you and your family and what your goals are. Um, because I think that's another thing that that this article mentions. He was going through a hard time. I think one son had cancer i think he might have been fighting off cancer i I almost feel like he had another older son that died um and he was dealing with all of this um hired the first real estate agent i think it was you know a guy that he'd heard of as i said it was a big advice a big agent in the area and just went with him and moved on because he had other things to deal with when it comes to real estate it's usually the biggest transaction in people's lives monetarily right yeah so take your time with this financial planners another biggie you know this is your future. This is your life, your retirement. Uh, It's worth kicking the tires for quite a few people. I think people spend more time buying the car than they do picking a financial advisor. The thing that surprises me is that sometimes you make decisions and with the small decisions, you see some red flags and you move on. But for, for whatever reason, you make a decision with a real estate agent or a financial advisor, you see some red flags and you feel stuck instead of like you can move on. And that's not the case. Um, so just always know that, you know, if you're, if you're able to change cable companies at the drop of a hat or internet providers at the drop of a hat, because you don't like the service they're providing, well, guess what? You can do the same thing with your financial advisor, with your, with your real estate agent. If you're, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling any sort of like, Hey, I'm not getting everything I thought I would get from this relationship. Don't assume that you were wrong about what you expected. Go looking for what you expected. That's right. Good way to end it. Thanks for joining me, Chris. We'll see if we can keep up with this and revisit it down the road. But again, everybody listening, watching, just ask the questions of your advisors, whatever capacity they're in. Are they a fiduciary? It's a yes, no answer. All right, Chris, thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated 
or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.